Listener Production. Today's edition of Footy Talk, Melbourne Royalty joins me in here with David Neitz. We're going to chat to young Essendon star Massimo D'Ambrosio. And I'm going to ask Nita, is Max Gorn Melbourne's greatest ever player? That's all to come on today's edition of Footy Talk. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL on this Friday morning, the day after the Western Bulldogs beat the Brisbane Lions by 14 points at Marvel Stadium. Bit of an upset, Jamara Hagen was the start with five goals, but I welcome my special guest today. It's Melbourne Royalty in the house, David Neitz, 300 games, All-Australians, captain, did it all. Welcome to Footy Talk. Yeah, very good to be here. Thanks, Joey. Uh, look forward to it. Yeah, well, get, before we get into the, the footy, you are the owner of Brewmanity. You're yes. doing some wonderful things in the in that space. Just tell us a little bit about what's happening. Uh, Brewmanity is a beer company, so um, a craft beer company, so I've been interested in that space for quite a long time. But um, we started our company actually as a charity to raise help raise uh, funds for Neil Danaher and his fight against MND. So a part of each beer goes towards um, towards that cause, and we've raised about oh, just over 450000 over the journey. Wow. Uh, we're building a brewery just around the road in South Melbourne at the moment. So hopefully before footy finals, um, you can come and share a beer with me, mate. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Certainly we'll do that. Looking forward to it. Hey, we'll touch on the game last night. As we said, it wasn't the most uh, attractive game of no. football, but for the Bulldogs, they just had to find a way to win. Uh, they were horrible the first two weeks. They needed to bounce back. It's amazing what footy can do between the years. It is, isn't it? and it was. And you're right. It wasn't. It wasn't a pretty game by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. It was all pretty lo- ugly and low scoring. But but you're right. Sometimes you just need to grind out a win, no matter what, no matter how. Um, and they were able to do it, the doggies. And um, gee, their, their, their determination around the footy, uh, led by the Bont. You know, he was yeah. enormous, wasn't he? And and not in the normal way. But just with his um, effort, his effort and energy his around will, the footy, yeah. and that's what they needed the dog. So, so regardless of um, of the result, I think the Lukey Beveridge will be probably just happy with that intensity and effort, and, uh, as much as the well, the four points probably. Made <laughs> 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 um, I'm happy with both of that. Yeah, that's right. They, their effort and the fundamentals were there, and, and gave themselves a chance. But the story out of the night really was Jamar at Eugle Hagen. Uh, the five goals, he was uh, almost the best player on the ground. Young Arthur Jones as well, another Indigenous boy making his debut, but. After the week Jamar had had, the racial abuse he copped uh, against or after the game against St Kilda from someone in the crowd to then come out and do what he did, and he made a statement. He it's did. been, it's now going to be one of the iconic images I think of of this generation, where he lifted up the shirt, pointed to he, he, the colour of his skin in basically very, very similar shades to Nicky Winmart thirty years ago, and yeah. that was your first year of AFL football. It was an iconic moment that that sort of you know, transcended a generation. Unfortunately, 30 years later, we're still in this space, but hopefully Jamara can make a statement for the new generation. Absolutely. Look, at it. it's just such a disappointment, as you say, 30 years ago when mm. Nicky did that and all the pain that was associated with Nicky in, in that statement. And to think that we're 30 years on, obviously a lot has changed. Yeah. We've improved a hell of a lot through the AFL. And the AFL have done a lot of work, but but to think that we're, we've still got this image 30 years on, um, it's a real problem and we just need to get better and better at it. Yeah, still got a long way to go, but he, he did so well. He made everyone proud. And so did Arthur Jones, the young youngster. It's always great when debutants get their game. The energy they just bring. They bring excitement and energy. He got involved early. And what we loved also was his mum. Because not only is it the player and the club that feed off the energy, it's the family and friends of someone making their debut. So we've just got a little bit here of Arthur Jones's mum post-game. You've made his dream come true. Your sacrifice for the family, just incredible. Moved the whole family so... 
One man can find a dream. So more than a sacrifice, it was just an investment. Yeah. Because he's our future for all of us, for our mob, for our people, for my family. He's a role model to us all. He always has been and always will be. How good's that? It's uh, yeah. it's it's amazing, and and it, and it just goes to show the the um, the way that the indigenous people. That's how they. They're such a tight knit family community. You can hear that coming across in that in that interview. Yeah, it was beautiful stuff, and well done to the Western Bulldogs. But on the flip side, I want to get your take with the Brisbane Lions because there is a lot of talk coming out from that game, in particular around their forward line, where mm. you, you made your name, particularly as a, as a key forward and. Hitwood and Joe Danaher didn't provide a lot last night, and there's a bit of a feel that if they aren't competitive, and there's even some talk now that, you know, can they win a premiership with those two players as their focal points? They were disappointing. What do you make of it as a tool forward? What are the expectations? What what do you want to see from these Brisbane players to, to be able to help this team get that flag thereafter? Oh, look, I, I always um, went in with the philosophy that you had to, at the very at the very least, you had to be a super super competitive in the air. The ball always had to hit the ground. You needed to have reliability from your tools so that your smalls can structure up. And and when the ball does hit the deck, which it does most of the time, yeah. that you've got some some reliability around that. So um, you're just going to be able to present and front up more often. And I think that's that's sort of the challenge for those guys. And I really understand their roles, you know. Uh, Gunston comes into the mix, so does that sort of confuse the mix a little bit? It seems like they're a little bit out at sea at the moment, the, the Lions, and, and Chrissy Fagan's got a, got a bit of work to do to see how they work together. But beyond that, individually, you've just got to be able to steal yourself and make a strong contest every time. Yeah, and which is what we saw from Aaron Norton. I mean, it wasn't mm. his night. Like, he wasn't getting on the end of it, but he was just crashing packs. He was getting a fist in when he could, brought the ball to ground, and he was just doing exactly what you asked. And then late in the game, when they need him, he took a big Tested mark and then he laid a tackle that almost sealed the game for the Bulldogs. So that's the example. It's, at the like, other it's end. like the midfielder laying a tackle or doing something like that. the big guy crashing into a pack and okay, it doesn't take the mark, but the pack spills and and your teammates around you get inspired by that as well. Yeah. The other story that was more leading into the game was that the Josh Dunkley, the sort of grudge match against his yes. his former side. It was a bit disappointing, a bit anticlimactic. There wasn't a lot in it. I think there was enough respect there from from his teammates, so that that's, uh, that didn't happen. But just got me thinking whether there was any time in your career where there was a player that left the club and there might have been a bit of spite or a bit of grudge. <laughs> yes, yes, there yes, was. Yeah. There was a certain Brownlow medalist. Um, so Shamo Woden won the 2000 Brownlow, and then by 2002 he was he was off and playing for Collingwood. So uh, it was a it was a big you know big thing in the media. It was front and back page for a long period of time that the, the Brownlow medalist had moved on. But it did, it did get a little bit spicy, I think, yeah. on, the, on the field in the end. You know, there was so much talk. And I was a captain at that stage. And um, I thought, geez, I've got to make sure. We're all mates with Woey, yep. you know. But we, we can't let that infiltrate the field. We can't go soft on him. So so as the skipper. You I've started just, it. No, I've decided I've got to beeline him and have oh, a crack at him. Oh, did you? Got him? So I tried to take him out. I didn't quite take him out, <laughs> but I've had a go at him. And he's looked at me and go. Are you serious? <laughs> so it took him about five years to talk to me after right. that. <laughs> you were just trying what about to, you, mate? Did you do the right it? thing. Well, we did. We had something a little bit similar when Brendan Goddard left the footy club. He was the, one of the first free agents when free agency market opened and, and went to Essendon. And we had two stories because the first one, the first time we played Essendon, the boys, Sammy Fisher and a couple of his really good mates just got stuck into him. And BJ got really upset by it because he's, same thing, he's thinking, hang on, you're all my mates and now you're all turning on me. And it was sort of afterwards, well, of course we had to do something, BJ. We weren't going to let you run around and just, you know, feel good about yourself. So he got quite emotional. But the other story was after he left the club, we still had our footy trip to come. 
Oh, so no. there was a bit of a discussion about. Hang on, is BJ allowed to come on our footy trip because he's just changed clubs? Oh, so gee, this is this is this is this, this is, is the heavy high stuff. Level stuff. So I remember having a big meeting and Milne was sort of driving it, and there were a few of the sort of more of the senior players saying, "No, BJ's not coming on our footy trip now. He's just gone to Essendon." And a few others like, "Look, he's been part of the journey. He's, he's one of the boys. He needs to come." And we had a real big debate about it. So in the end, BJ decided, a bit like what Alistair Clarkson's doing this weekend with the trip to Tasmania, he caught his own flight separately. <laughs> and we weren't sure whether he was going to come or not. So he was in the general vicinity. So, it, so we sort of were all, we've all got to Thailand. BJ wasn't on our flight. Then he's arrived like a few hours later. So the first thing we did, it was the big like, righto BJ, out the front. Big elephant in the room. We all had it out with him. You know, we got off our chest for how we felt. He got off his chest why and how he felt. Um, and in the end, it was all like, okay, well, you're in the trip now. Let's let's go. But everyone said, well, now you've taken the big deal to Essendon. You're paying for the first yeah, night. Yeah, so yeah, BJ had to shout everyone the first night. So then after that, it was all pretty smooth well, sailing. Well, after that, he thought, oh, this is fantastic. You know, we're, we're all mates again. It's yeah, all fine. Yeah. Then he turns up to the game and, and gets hammered. Back into him. So, no, nah, that was all good. But uh, that was the... <laughs> The story out of the game last night, and well done to the Western Bulldogs, but let's just turn our attention to tonight's game, Nita, because Collingwood and Richmond, I'm not sure about you, but as much as we don't really like the Pies, we have to love the way they are playing this year. It is it is so much fun to watch. Uh, it is, and uh, you know, it's uh, going into round three. There's not much of a sample size to uh, to make any real you know statements about who's doing what uh, at this stage of the year, but the Pies are one of them. I think the Pies are one of the teams you can say, yep, they've improved, they've got better. Um, you know, last year, the close games and everything, can that be sustainable? But, you know, they've just lifted and elevated. So so they're, um, they're, they're right in the, in the thick of things and, and a big premiership contender, I think. And um, uh, it's going to be an interesting game this week. Ty's got a lot of players out, which is going to hurt them a bit, I think, as well. Yeah, no doubt. No, no uh, Dusty Martin, no Jacob Hopper, Jaden Short. So they've got a few out. But I think, Richmond, I've got a sense, just hearing some things, that they will get themselves up for these games because they feel that Collingwood have basically got their game plan. This was Richmond's game style that Craig McRae and a few others have taken across and now they're getting lauded for it. And I reckon there's a little bit of Richmond saying, hang on a minute, this is how we played first and we want to show them up. So it could be a, a cracking game tonight, MCG, massive crowd. Yeah, it could be. And then obviously they've got Dimmer, he's got the three. I saw him during the week on the social medias, um, 300, Good one. Yep. 300 games for him coming up. So they'll be trying hard for their coach, I would, I would have thought. But, um, but yeah, a little bit of extra spice, I suppose, with that, uh, that strategic element coming into the game. And I guess... You know the Tigers then have um, they, they've trained against it. They know they they should know and be able to give yeah. us a clue on well what are the things that we need to do to to, to take this uh, this style and dismantle it. Yeah, good one. Spot on, Damien Harwick. Three hundred games, three flags as a coach. Two hundred games and two flags as a player. So he's done it all. Hey, we want, might take a break because up next we've got a little young star from the Bombers who I've taken a bit of a personal interest with him, a little Italian connection. But he's a, a young star. I want to chat to him because I think he's a good kid. Massimo D'Ambrosio from the Bombers. He's going to join us next on Footy Talk. Welcome back to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button, leave us a review or a rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime. I'm here with David Neitz today. On this Friday, and as we said before the break, Nita, joining us now, we have a young star from the Bombers. He was a mid-season recruit last year. He came out of Point Cook. He was a mad Collingwood supporter. And now here he is doing some beautiful things for the Bombers. Massimo D'Ambrosio, one of the best names in footy. Thanks for joining us on Footy Talk. 
Nah, thanks for having me. Guys. And uh, I, you know, I like the roll of the tongue there too. Yeah, I got a bit it's, of the Italian in me, so yeah, occasionally you know, I, I really I, leaned into that yeah, as well. I, I can roll out the uh, the tongue roll, but tell us about the, the Italian heritage first of all. So obviously the big Italian name. You got the Italian family. You got nonna and nonno. How's it all going? Do they get into the footy now? Are they bomber supporters? Yeah, um, I think uh, my family has been a really big part of like my journey as an AFL footballer, and I think. I've kind of converted everyone now um, to the to the Dons. Um, they're all mad Collingwood supporters, but having my family is something that I, I cherish, and I'm very lucky to have them. And actually, on the weekend, my um, nonna uh, came to her first ever AFL game. <laughs> yes. So it was actually yeah one of the one of the best moments for me. And um, yeah, she was in the rooms after the game and started bawling her eyes out because she was so happy for me. So. I'm just so, so grateful to have him with me. That's cool. Hey, must I tell you a quick story about my nonna? Nonna always used to get a run at the footy club at the Saints because my skin folds occasionally were a bit of an issue over the pre-season. And Rossi Lyon always used to blame, he used to walk past me and go, you've been to Nonna's again, have you? Because I always blame Nonna for my skin folds. I'm like, I've got to eat the last schnitzel. I've got to have to finish off the pasta. Well, that's so, so I, I was going to lead into that. So what are the living arrangements uh, going on? Are you, have you moved out of home? Are you in home with mum and dad? Is Nonna pop, a, pop around every now and then? What are the arrangements? Yeah, and yeah, no, I'm still living at home with, with my parents and um, I think that's been the best thing for me, just keeping staying around the family and whatever. And, um, yeah, I go to Nonna's about one, once a week or if I can twice. Um, and, yeah, it's always a feast there. I'm always walking out um, in a food coma. So. Yeah, just keep those skin folds under check because I always got yeah. – Nonna always got in – poor Nonna, she got in trouble for my skin folds being high. Yes, a dietician's listening into this and not very happy. A bit concerned. Not at once a week, not twice a week, yeah. just maybe once. And don't eat the last insult. You don't always have to finish off the plate. Yeah. Hey, um, tell us though about your whirlwind getting to the club. So mid-season pick-up, you were playing Richmond VFL. Um, obviously, we're going going pretty well there, but gee, it must have yeah. all happened pretty quick for you. And there, you, you know, you find yourself as sort of one of the key players in the team. Yeah, I think um, thinking back on it now, I didn't really get to think much about it. So like, it happened real quick. And um, getting coming to Essen, um, it was probably. The, the best case scenario, it's only about half an hour, 40 minutes from home. So I was able to stay at home, um, stay around the family, which is the best thing for me. And um, yeah, coming here, um, we've had our ups and downs, but I think um, it's such a great environment and a great club to be a part of. So very fortunate enough to, to be at Essendon. And I, I really can't wait for what we can do this, uh, this season. I think um, we've showed in the first two rounds that um, we're capable of doing a lot of things. So. Um, yeah, really looking forward to the, the season ahead. And, 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 mate, just take us back to when you did get drafted, your life before getting drafted, you know, what, what were you up to? And, and just run us through uh, the change, I suppose, that happened to, in your life. Yeah, I think um, I actually was speaking about this the other day with the family, um, like what I'd be doing if I wasn't an AFL footballer. But <laughs> um, I was doing a bit of uni. Um, so, yeah, still studying as well now. But I think I was doing a bit of delivery driving as well. So that's pretty much <laughs> what I was doing. What were you delivering, um, um, I was actually delivering alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave my address from, pro- your, uh, from your run. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but, um, yeah, so I was doing that. And um, to think that, um, yeah, if I wasn't an AFL player, what I'd be doing, I probably I actually can't come to a conclusion. So... Um, I'm very fortunate enough to be in this position. That is one delivery driver you do like to see come to your house. Better, better than the one that comes every day for my wife's deliveries and drops off another box from online shopping. I know the delivery driver by heart. He comes there that often. But let's talk about the start to the season because it has been a great start under Brad Scott. You've won your first two games. What sort of changes has Brad Scott brought to the footy club and, and what, you know, what's made it so special so far? 
yeah, it was a bit of a structural change, but not too much that um we're blown away. I think there was a few few things that just clicked for us, and I think the main thing was um just the his standards that he upholds. Um, that was the main thing um, that the group kind of has to exceed now. Like he still wants us to get the best out of ourselves and, and enjoy ourselves in the process, but he has a lot of standards that we have to kind of um, abide by if we want to be playing AFL football at the highest level. So um, I think those things are going to take us a long way this year. And you've got a new skipper as well. Um, Massa, how's he yeah. going and settling into the role? Um, how's that transition been? Obviously still supported, but but how's that going? Yeah, I think Zach's such a great leader um, in, in very many different ways. I think, um, yeah, Brad always harps on about um, leading by example, um, and I think Zach is the pinnacle of that. He's always out there trying to get the best out of ourselves and, leading the way for us all the time, um, whether it be with his chase fresher or um, his contested ball. He's always there, yeah, leading by example. So he's, he's a great guy to lean off for, for many of us young boys. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to where he can take us this year. And Massimo, a huge game, obviously, tomorrow night against St Kilda, the MCG. Yeah. It is their 150-year anniversary celebration. So they are expecting nearly 70,000 to the game, which will be Fantastic. a record home crowd for St Kilda in their yeah. history. It is a big night for them, so I will have to say, don't try and spoil the party too much for them, Massimo, <laughs> but you must be looking forward to it. I don't think anyone had it penciled in as a top-of-the-table clash at the start of the year, but big game for both teams. Yeah, I think um, both teams are 2-0, so it'll be a massive clash for, for both people, um, for both teams, sorry. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to it. I think our first um, Saturday night game for the club um, this year, and I think uh, we always look forward to those games. So, you know, we're really looking forward to um, to the game on the weekend and um, yeah hopefully we can get the win over them but um, yeah it'll be a good celebration for them as well well we appreciate your time Massimo look it is the best foot name in football I think Massimo D'Ambrosio and we can roll it off the tongue but you know what there are some simple people that maybe look at it a bit differently because Stevie Johnson's now joining us on Triple M on the Sunday rub and when we spoke about Massimo as the late inclusion into the side Stevie Johnson this is just where his mind went off to We've got a late Breaking change. News. Yeah, late Ooh. change here, Brownie. Uh, it's a big one for Essendon. Sam Wiedemann is out with a toe issue, and Massimo D'Ambrosio is in. I like the Massimo. Bombers. I like him. He kicks it well. This made me think of eating a curry. Massimo curry. <laughs> <laughs> We're all thinking about your lethal left leg, what you can do in the side. And Stevie J, when he heard you were in the side, thought of a Massimo curry. Seriously, that's what we deal with on the Sunday rub. So hey, there to be. To be honest with you, I think curry is my least favourite food. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate your time, Massimo. Good luck for the game tomorrow night against St Kilda, but good luck for your career. We'll follow you with interest, and thank you for joining us on Footy Talk. Thanks, Massimo. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. That was Massimo D'Ambrosio from the Bombers. Nice wasn't young he, man. It was fantastic. He's great chat. Good to good to meet him. We'll follow him with interest and hopefully get him back on Footy right. Talk. I just want to turn our attention while we've got you, Nita, to, to Melbourne. Yes. Uh, obviously, we know that what sort of side they are. They were a little bit disappointing last year. Terrific performance round one. Disappointing round two. What are you making of their season, and in particular missing Max Gorn and what that'll do for the team? But you're pretty bullish on Melbourne this year? Still still bullish. Um, I feel a little bit like um, perhaps you know, Chris Fagan in round one with his Brisbane Lions, um, that maybe it's a bit of a mulligan last week up, up there, uh, up in Brisbane. 
You know, gee, we got smashed. <clears throat> Round one was fantastic. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen stats like it with the Demons, yeah. the current Demons teams. You know, double the amount of stoppage wins for Brisbane, contested footy. It's just so un Melbourne like. So I can't see that being a pattern. So I, I, I'm really, really looking forward to the guys, you know, bouncing back. Um, I think, you know, when the lights went, <laughs> lights went out last week, clearly Simon Goodman's got them in the room and they came out uh, with a bit more fire in their belly, uh, a bit of junk time. But but I hope that's corrected them and they uh, they get after the contest this week. And um, but yeah, big Max, big Max, obviously a huge out, and huge yeah. out. And Can't replace him. And speaking of Max, I want to ask you now. This might be tricky for you to answer, but I want to get your thoughts because we've been talking about it. Where where do you think Max Gorn sits as one of Melbourne's greatest ever players? Because he's starting to build a resume that's up there with any other Melbourne player. I know it's hard because you're in that conversation, but how? Where do you see Max's? Career sitting. Well, first of all, I don't see myself in that conversation. Okay, we do. Then. Maybe you but, don't, but we but, do. Yeah. But I think, um, but Max is right up there. Obviously, there's, you know, there are, go back into the history of the Melbourne Football Club where there are six time Premiership players and Ron Barassi and uh, Hassamans and um, Stewie Spencers and all these all these people from a different era. Um, that's just hard to sort of comment on yeah. when you don't see them. But but certainly when you look at, you know, Oliver Gorn Petrarca and the current yeah. current Demons team, you know, they, they're going to be right up there in the, uh, in, in the pecking order. Max, his leadership and just dragging the team up to the Premiership dais after 57 years, you know, it's going to be pretty hard to top. So he's definitely up there in the top Who do you couple. still have? Who have you at number one? So you say those guys that maybe you didn't see. Who have you got though? Is it the Robbie Flower? Who have you got that you see as your sort of number one or two in your time? I've got a sense that um, it might be Clayton Oliver at the end of his career when yeah. he hangs out the boots. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty phenomenal. Yep. The guy's still pretty young. He's he won four best and fairest. He's, uh, he's you know, he's a phenomenal player. And, and his level of consistency is just beyond anything that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. No, very good. Hey, the other part too, this is exciting too, Nita. We've got some questions getting sent in on Footy Talk. And these are some audio questions. So I want you to be a part of it. We'll okay. join in. We're going to start with Nick on Instagram. Who's got the first question? G'day, Joey. Nita. Everyone's looking at Josh Dunkley, but is Connor McKenna the off-field steal of the season? Off-field steal of the season? It's a pretty good question because there were a few clubs that were after him. He's got the leg speed. Look, I'm not convinced he's going to be the biggest steal. I think he's a he's a nice he's a nice player and he's going to be handy to the Brisbane Lions. But there's maybe been some better gets. But certainly. He's a player that is going to add to the Brisbane Lions' speed in the back half, being an issue that they've probably lacked. But um, it was a nice get. They've, they've done well, Brisbane, with their off-season it's, selections. It's a get, it's a get from, for nothing, really, yeah. isn't it? So it's an amazing get from that sense. Um, Josh Dunkley, I think, is probably strategically and structurally more important, potentially. But um, but what a get, you know? Yeah. He's fantastic. And I think him. Jack Gunston will prove his worth by the end of the year. Just as we spoke about with those other two tools, just a bit inconsistent. You know what you're going to get with Jack Gunston. He'll kick his 35, 40 goals, no problems, and that. That just might help Brisbane get to where they want to get to. Our next question is from Jack, also on Instagram. Hey, boys. Love the podcast. My question for you is, if you had one spot left on your roster, would you be taking Will Ashcroft or Harry Sheasel? Oh, This is a good question. I mean, gosh, it's making it hard. Two games Two, in and they're both going to be God. stars. It, it depends on what where you want to go. My thoughts projecting 10 years, which is obviously almost impossible. I think Will Ashcroft will just be an out-and-out midfield star. Like, he's already – you can see some of the stuff he did last night, yeah. winning contests, his ability to win clearance in traffic. I think Sheasel will probably have the, the bigger moments. I can see Sheasel being a bit more match winner because yeah. he'll end up being a forward mid because that's what he did as his junior days. He's just starting at half-back while he's finding his way. But he'll end up being that mid-forward type of player that'll kick six one day and have 25 yeah. and do those things. But I think Will Ashcroft's level of consistency for the next 15 years 
will set him apart. And both great young men. You they know, are, you, you listen they? to the, you know, they win the the um, Rising Star Awards, and you listen to them speak. They're just fantastic young men. Uh, first off, but um, but yeah, look, Ashcroft. It's it's phenomenal for him to sit in the in the coalface in the mm. in, in the head of the battle of the midfield and, and be able to get thirty odd touches and seven or eight clearances. It's a phenomenal effort for an eighteen year old. Yeah, it is indeed. Hey, thank you for your questions. If you do have a question for us, hit us up on Instagram at Footy Talk underscore Pod or on TikTok at Footy Talk Pod. David Neitz, really appreciate you joining us today on Footy Talk. We'll hopefully get you back again throughout the year. Good luck with Brewmanity and uh, the building the brewery there just around the corner. In South Melbourne, we look forward we'll to that. a couple of beers waiting for you, Joey. Don't worry. Certainly can't wait for that. Hey, I'll be on tomorrow's show with Jay-Z. We'll have a look at tonight's big clash between Richmond and Collingwood and preview the weekend. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk. Listener.